what happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed. Tune in to Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD, and join the conversation about how to heal our broken system to reverse our current health crisis. The entire world is looking for answers, and the truth is hidden in plain sight. Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time when you can call in and ask the questions that matter most to you. And we're live. All right. Can you see me now? <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I hear you now. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, welcome back to uh, Dream Vision 7 Radio. And I am Dr. Milan Riobe. Our phone number here is area code 646-558-8656. And you are listening to Awakened Wellness Now. And today's topic is the Chinese circadian clock. TikTok, is your clock set to feel great? So happy 2023 to everyone. I uh, hope it's a great start to the new year. Uh, it's been a little comical here, <laughs> so uh, better to laugh than to cry, right? Uh, and so I uh, hope everyone is having a safe and blessed uh, 2023 so far. Um, and uh, we touched on the Chinese circadian clock last week. Um, I talk about it quite a bit in my online course, the Wellness Warrior Nine-Week Transformation Program. Um, it is kind of the basis for much of Chinese medicine, uh, if not all of Chinese medicine, really. Uh, I studied Chinese medicine about 17 and a half years ago, uh, and I've been practicing it uh, ever since. And uh, it has been a game changer for me. And it wasn't until I really uh, adopted the Chinese circadian clock, uh, or adapted, I should say, into um, my my uh, life that um, I really, really saw kind of a, a, a big difference, right? So Chinese medicine is a game changer. Um, and so uh, for me, it was huge to uh, study Chinese medicine, but to apply it uh, to myself, to my own health, to the health of my children. Uh, Chinese medicine saved my daughter from having surgery when she was two years old uh, for swollen adenoids. Um, it has helped me treat my son uh, for uh, SIBO and malabsorption. Um, and even for a little bit of anxiety he was having uh, earlier this year. Um, and of course, it's made a huge impact on my clients. And uh, here we have a phone listener as well. So we're going to have um, a graphic posted um, today. I, I'm going to show you the Chinese circadian clock. So for our phone listeners, um, I, I apologize if you're not going to be able to see the graphic, uh, but I'll certainly walk you through it. Um, it is an amazing uh, image. Uh, that really talks about how the body functions. It's it's a it's in the shape of a clock. It's in the it looks like the face of a clock, and in Chinese medical theory, uh, the body's energy flows through different systems at different times, um, and so there's a rhythm to. Uh, how the energy flows throughout the entire uh, body. And again, in Chinese medicine, when we talk about the body, we're talking about an energetic field and not 
so much an anatomical structure. Um, although it's not excluding the anatomical structure that we identify as our body, um, it's a little bit beyond that. Uh, it's probably a lot beyond that, actually. Um, and so they talk about energy fields when they talk about organ systems. And um, there is energy that flows through your body at certain times. And so the time at which the energy is flowing through each system is the optimal time to use that system. or And it's the, the time when that system will be optimally active. Now, that doesn't mean that when the vital energy leaves that system, that that system stops working. It just means that that's the optimal time when that energy is maximally flowing through that system. And so when we begin to understand the Chinese circadian clock and what systems are active at what times, we can kind of surf that wave, right? It's kind of like surfing or, you know, I don't surf, but uh, the, the analogy of surfing where you want to catch that wave and stay on the wave, right? And let the wave carry you. And so traditional Chinese medicine teaches us that when we flow with the rhythm of the body, we'll be optimally healthy. Um, and when I actually started to pay attention to that more and do that, um, I felt optimally healthy. Um, and I've always been blessed. I've always been in good health. I've never had any, you know, significant illnesses in my life. Um, you know, and, and people say it's because, you know, you come from good genes and all that good stuff. And that's true. Uh, but I do believe that it also depends on your lifestyle, uh, the, the choices that you make, um, and, and the foods that you eat, how much sleep you get, et cetera. Um, and I believe that once you start to understand, well, this is how my body works optimally. And if I flow with that, I'll be better. And once you actually buy into that principle and you follow it, right? So the knowledge is one thing, putting it into use is a whole other thing. Um, so when you have the information, if it's not being used, you might as well not have the information, right? It's only through the utilization of information uh, do we really obtain wisdom and we really get actual results. So I'm gonna share this circadian clock with you today. If, if you are listening on the phone and don't have the opportunity, if you'd like a copy of the circadian clock, go ahead and send us an email uh, at Dr. Ryobe, D-R-R-I-O, B as in boy, E as in Edward, at awakenedwellnessnow.com. I'll be happy to send you a, a copy of the Chinese circadian clock. Uh, and so, Let's go ahead and screen share and I'll go ahead and show that to you. Um, here we go. So Rachel, can you confirm if everyone can see this yet? Looks good. All right, awesome. So this is the uh, Chinese circadian clock. I'll be looking down, so I apologize. I'm not looking directly at the camera. Um, so you'll see, uh, let me... So if we start at the very top, uh, where it would be 12 o'clock on our clock. It says 11 o'clock here, right? So we can just kind of see that this is the face of a clock. It, it doesn't quite look the same as a clock we would look at. Uh, I like to start at 9 p.m. So this is in military time. So where you see it says 2100, that would be 2100 hours or 9 p.m. And uh, 9 p.m., there's energy circulating through what the Chinese call the Sanjiao uh, 
system or organ system. It has to do with hormone and metabolic balancing. Uh, and so this is the time when we start to feel sleepy. Uh, this is kind of what we call the golden hours for sleep between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Um, this is when we should really be getting sleepy and settling in for the night. And so you'll see here it says sun jiao, endocrine and metabolic balancing, sleepiness. Um, what modern science is beginning to show uh, is that between 9 and 11 p.m., we start to make a hormone called melatonin. Um, and although the Chinese didn't quite know so much about a hormone called melatonin, they understood the body's physiology enough to know that people need to get to bed by this time. Uh, and so melatonin is a hormone that's secreted between about 10 p.m. to about 2 a.m. Uh, and so it starts to be secreted here at 10 p.m. or what we would call 2200 hours on a military clock. It turns out that melatonin makes us sleepy uh, and it is triggered by darkness. Uh, and so as the sun goes down and we don't get exposed to artificial light, what's supposed to happen is when the sun goes down, we start to make more melatonin. Melatonin makes us sleepy. Uh, and so melatonin also causes the hormone called cortisol uh, to be reduced. Cortisol makes us uh, wakeful, it wakes us up. It is the chronic stress organ. Uh, every morning when we wake up, we have a surge of cortisol, and that's what tells us to get up and start moving around. And so melatonin is kind of the opposite of cortisol. It'll be secreted at night, um, and it's, it suppresses cortisol so that we can start to go to sleep. It turns out that melatonin has a ton of different functions, one of which is to make serotonin, uh, which is another hormone that we understand to be one of the feel-good hormones. So for depression, one of the treatments is, are SSRIs, uh, serotonin uh, uptake uh, inhibitors. Uh, and so what, what they artificially do is they prevent us from breaking down serotonin. So they keep serotonin artificially elevated in our systems in order to uh, help treat depression. So the natural way to treat depression is to get to bed on time because that's the time when you make serotonin. Serotonin we're discovering in our modern medical science is responsible for just about every body function we have. Um, so just about every body function is, is de uh, dependent on serotonin in some form or fashion. Uh, so it has a lot more to do with body function than just mood elevation. Uh, and so going to bed by 10 p.m. is critical, uh, not because you have to get enough sleep in terms of numbers of hours, but when you go to sleep is extremely important. So if you go to bed at one, two o'clock in the morning, you missed your golden hour, you're not gonna make enough serotonin because you're not gonna make enough melatonin. And so not only are you at risk for mood disorders such as depression and anxiety, but you're also at risk for obesity. You're also at risk for diabetes. You're also at risk for high blood pressure and heart disease because of the role that serotonin plays. And so the Chinese were the first to tell us about this 4,000 years ago when they developed this clock. Um, and so the vital energy flows through the San Zhao channel uh, between 9 and 11 p.m. And then what happens between 11 p.m. and 1 o'clock in the morning is that the vital energy flows through the gallbladder system, which I thought was really strange when I first saw this clock. I said, what, 
what's the gallbladder, which we studied in, in our traditional medicine, in our uh, modern medicine, we studied the gallbladder as a digestive organ that helps us to digest our fat. The Chinese uh, have defined it as a detoxification organ. So they put it here at night. It turns out that you detox at night. Uh, and so all of these organ systems, the gallbladder uh, from 11 to 1, and then from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m., the liver is most active where we detox there. And then from 3 to 5, the lung is most active. Uh, and the Chinese are also classifying the lung as a detox organ, which makes sense, right? Because it, we get rid of carbon dioxide through our lungs, which is a detoxification process. Um, you know, that we have to eliminate carbon dioxide as a byproduct of our metabolism, of how we make and use energy. And so it is eliminated through our out breath. Uh, so they classify it as a detox organ. And then they also classify the large intestine as a detox organ. We studied the large intestine as a digestive organ in medical school. Um, and now modern medicine is actually showing us that the large intestine is uh, the most complex detoxification system that we have in the human body. Uh, and so, again, the Chinese knew this 4,000 years ago. <laughs> Don't ask me how. Um, but our modern science is just beginning to catch up with what they said thousands of years ago. So it's very fascinating. So you got to be in bed between 9 and 11, right? Um, and then you got to go to bed, got to go to sleep, actually sleep, because we detox at night. And again, this is one of the reasons I'm not a fan of intermittent fasting as it's currently practiced, because with intermittent fasting, you load up on your uh, gastrointestinal organs when they're not active. And so we start to see here um, the gallbladder being active between 11 o'clock at night and 1 a.m. So what happens in the gallbladder is, yes, we release bile, but also cellular repair and we replace blood cells. So we make blood at night while we sleep. That's really critical. Uh, the gallbladder is also responsible for um, controlling our cholesterol levels, controlling our risks of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Um, and so again, modern scientific inquiry is now beginning to explain all the complex functions of the gallbladder. And again, we, we tend to remove the gallbladder quite easily, um, you know, when people have gallstones, et cetera. And what we're finding out now is it's better to keep your gallbladder than to get rid of your gallbladder if you can. Um, you know, now, of course, if you're in severe pain and, and you have an obstructive um, gallstone in your gallbladder, you don't really have a choice. But it's really important when you start to see sludge in the gallbladder and issues starting to happen that you really aggressively treat that uh, so that your gallbladder can regain as much of its function as possible because it's not just for fat absorption. You can't really replace the function of the gallbladder once it's removed. Uh, so it's really important to understand that the gallbladder is actually a detox organ. Um, and then from one o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the morning, the vital energy flows through the liver. Uh, and so at this point, we're, we're in deep sleep. Uh, again, detoxing the bloodstream. So the liver detoxes what ends up in your bloodstream. Uh, and so it's really important to be asleep between one and three so that your liver can function and detox you. Um, and then we, of course, have our rest and recovery uh, during deep sleep. Uh, and so a lot of cellular repair occurs here. Uh, our blood is made here. Um, our metabolism is balanced uh, early in the night between nine and 11. Um, and then between 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., the lung 
uh, is most active. And so, of course, our lungs work all day, right? We're breathing constantly day and night. So it's not that it doesn't function at other times of the day. It's simply that the vital energy flows through the lung system between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. And so uh, many of the unseen functions of the lung take place between three o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the morning. Um, and so again, we're in deep sleep at this point in time. Uh, we have dreams, we store memory at this time, and then we detox the lungs. Also, it turns out that the lung um, is manifested in the skin uh, in traditional Chinese medicine theory. Uh, and so the skin is uh, a very large detoxification organ that we have. Uh, and so the lung being a, a detox organ uh, is also responsible for removing toxins through the skin. Uh, so a lot of acne, eczema, psoriasis, et cetera, um, is actually a, a lung function because the lung powers the skin, if you will, or, or the skin manifests the lung, according to traditional Chinese medicine. So if people have difficulty sleeping and they're waking up, you know, between these times, um, you're going to have a hard time detoxing yourself. Um, and then what happens between 5 and 7 a.m. is the large intestine is most active. And so, um, again, large intestine is a detox organ. Uh, so it's responsible for absorbing water, but also uh, detoxing. And so uh, at this point, we should be kind of rousing. The sun is coming up, you know, between like 6 and 7 a.m. And so we should be waking up, moving around, uh, and then we release the bowels between 5 and 7. Uh, and then this would be a time to kind of wake up slowly, right, and meditate. Um, and so a lot of people get up and they go to the gym at this time. So a lot of heart attacks occur between 5 and 7 a.m., right? People shoveling snow, trying to get, you know, unburied to go to work in the Northeast uh, or maybe the Northwest. Um, a lot of people will have heart attacks here if they uh, strain themselves too much because the Chinese teach us that we shouldn't just pop out of bed and do strenuous things. So shouldn't pop out of bed and go for a run, shouldn't pop out of bed and go lift heavy weights. So Chinese teachers here uh, between five and seven is time for meditation, uh, time to continue to detox the body. Uh, and so the Chinese teach us to kind of wake up slowly. <laughs> uh, and so it's really important to follow this clock uh, and don't just hop out of bed and go do anything too crazy, right? Uh, and then between seven and nine, uh, the stomach is most active. Um, so this is, again, the reason why I don't love intermittent fasting the way it's currently practiced, and I think we should flip it. Um, so the vital energy flows through the stomach between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. Uh, and so if you don't eat at this time, you're kind of missing, missing the boat, right? Now, that doesn't mean you can't eat later, but what happens when you eat later is you're not riding the wave, right? You're not using that organ when it's most primed to be used. And so you're not going to get the most benefit out of it um, if you're not eating breakfast. So this is why in Chinese medicine theory, they say to eat breakfast like a king. Um, it should be the largest meal that you have for the day because that's when the vital energy flows through the stomach. Uh, so we should be having breakfast at this time. Um, concentration is good, right? Because we have rested, we have removed toxins from the body. Um, we have good focus here. We should be going kind of for a walk, restorative exercise. So again, the Chinese uh, tell us in no uncertain terms to wake up slowly. 
Um, so again, meditate, uh, restorative exercises, go for a walk, right? Um, if you get up and on an empty stomach, you're just going out for a jog, you're actually damaging your metabolism, according to Chinese medicine theory. Um, if you skip breakfast, you are also damaging your metabolism, according to Chinese medicine theory. So again, that doesn't mean if you get up and you eat at 11, you're not going to digest your food. You will. It's just not going to be optimal. And so here between 9 and 11 a.m., the spleen pancreas uh, system is active. And so the vital energy is flowing through the system <clears throat> at this time. So we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the other half of the circadian clock and how you can use it to feel your best. So you're listening to Awakened Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe, and we will be right back. So the spleen pancreas here. This is a really, really critical system in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, there is a premise that says spleen is king. Um, spleen is the most important organ system according to traditional Chinese medicine theory. And when they talk about spleen, they're not talking about the little organ that's tucked under the stomach on the left side of the body. Um, they're talking about an entire energy field. Um, spleen pancreas can't really be translated into a system that we understand in our modern medicine. The closest thing that we can equate to it is metabolism um, and the, the, the systems that are responsible for metabolism. So some gastrointestinal organs would be included um, and the function within each and every cell that is responsible for making and using energy, we would equate with spleen in traditional Chinese medicine, loosely. Um, so this is one of the most important systems. It is what um, transforms our food and our oxygen to usable energy in the body. Uh, and so it is active between nine and 11. So again, if you're doing intermittent fasting and you're not eating until you know three or two in the afternoon, you have missed this window. And so this is why uh, in Chinese medicine theory, we damage metabolism if we don't have breakfast is because we're supposed to be eating between seven and nine because that, ener that energy is made from that food most optimally between nine and 11 a.m. Um, and so again, we have clear thinking here. Uh, the spleen converts food to qi is what the Chinese say. Uh, now, that doesn't mean if you eat later in the day, you're not going to convert your food to chi. It's just not optimal. Um, it's not going to be as efficient, right? Um, and so if you really, really want to have an optimal metabolism, normal weight, feel really good, uh, avoid diseases, following this clock is really important. Um, so spleen is active between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And then the heart is active between 11 and 1. And when I saw this, I was like, what's a cardiovascular organ doing in the middle of all these gastrointestinal organs? Um, I was very confused until I realized, wait, if once the energy is formed, it has to circulate throughout the body. So it makes perfect sense that the heart is active here between 11 and 1 because it has to carry the energy it just made to all of your cells. And so I understood finally, like wh why are these systems connected in the way that they're connected? You know, it, it makes perfect sense once you start to really parse it out. Uh, and so the heart carries blood um, and, so, and, and propels blood all over your body. And so uh, you're gonna have, you know, uh, this is where the, the, the male 
person goes out and delivers all that energy to all your body cells, allowing you to then uh, use that energy in exchange for body function, right? Um, and so this makes perfect sense when you think about it. Uh, and so this is when we would eat lunch, right? So in Chinese medicine theory, they say breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen. So lunch isn't quite as heavy as breakfast, um, but it's fairly moderate. So you're still eating a reasonable number of calories um, in, in the uh, late morning, early afternoon. And then between one and three o'clock in the afternoon, small intestine uh, is most active. So here we are sorting and absorbing food, uh, nap time, low energy, right? So many, many cultures throughout the world have what's called a siesta in Spanish, uh, where they go take a nap. <laughs> um, unfortunately, here with our, you know, kind of Christian work ethic that we have adopted, uh, we don't, we don't tend to nap and we tend to think of it as a bad thing. Um, I recommend to a lot of people that they nap, especially if they have a deficient dynamic metabolic type. Um, now, of course, we know that our modernization has made that impractical for many people. Um, so I tell people the best that you can, even if you're just laying flat with your feet up for 10 minutes, if you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type, and again, if you haven't uh, taken our burnout assessment and you want to do that, go to our website, Awakened Wellness Now. You can download our burnout assessment and see which of the six dynamic metabolic types you are. But if you're a, dy a deficient dynamic metabolic type, whether it's hot, cold, or temperature neutral, taking a quick nap between one and three in the afternoon, even if, even if you're down for 10 or 15 minutes, uh, is really good because once all that energy has circulated all through your body, it starts to kind of pool there. And so what you want to do is to bring it back to your heart. Uh, and so laying flat with your feet up allows blood to come back from your extremities back to your heart so it can recirculate and become oxygenated again. And so it's kind of this quick, refreshing thing that people can do to boost their energy, even if they can't take a nap. So you can lay on a yoga mat and have your feet up against the wall. Um, you can lay on a bed with a few pillows to raise your feet up uh, above your heart so that the blood comes back. Uh, and so this is not a great time to be doing a ton of stuff, right? Um, so if you're doing some exercise here, you want it to kind of be, you know, more or less low impact, if you will. Um, and then bladder is active here between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. Uh, so energy is restored, right? Because we had lunch uh, about an hour or two before that. So this is a great time to work out between 3 and 5 p.m. Um, you know, so now we're fully awake. Our energy is restored. Uh, we have eaten enough to power that exercise that we're about to do so we can grow the muscles and grow the bones at night when we go to bed. Um, liquid waste is released. Uh, working and studying is optimal here. Um, and so that doesn't mean we don't urinate at any other time of the day or night, right? But this is just when the bladder is most optimized to release liquids. Um, and so again, a great time to work out. Uh, focus should be pretty sharp here. Um, this is a really good time to get to the gym, to do whatever sport you love to do. It's a great time. Uh, and then from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., kidney is active. Uh, so here we're storing nutrients. Uh, we're building bone marrow and it's dinner time. Um, and so uh, 
kidney rules the bones. So teeth, uh, the, the musculus, the, I'm sorry, not the musculoskeletal, the only the skeletal system is under the kidney. Uh, the muscles are actually under spleen. So spleen is responsible for muscles. Um, kidney is responsible for bones and teeth are an extension of bone. Uh, and so here we're storing nutrients like minerals, vitamins, uh, we're building bone marrow and it's dinner time. Traditional Chinese medicine, they say, to, they say have dinner like a pauper. Uh, and what that means is keep it light. Um, a very light meal here. You don't want your, your dinner to be very carby. Um, you want some good protein, clean protein and some green leafy veggies um, for the most part. Uh, and you want to kind of be settling in in terms of what you're eating. So again, a lot of people are starting their intermittent fasting at like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and so you can see that we've missed the, the gastrointestinal organ system and the circulation of energy throughout the body if we start intermittent fasting at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and this is why I believe that many women don't tolerate intermittent fasting uh, is because we are, you know, blood deficient uh, beings in general, not, not all of us. Um, and when you're blood deficient, you're also energy deficient. And if you are uh, deficient already and you're not feeding yourself when you most need to eat, you're going to become even more depleted. And this is why a lot of women get exhausted when they try intermittent fasting. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do intermittent fasting, but what I suggest is you reverse it. Uh, and so you eat here between 7 and 9 a.m. And then you eat during this eight-hour window. And then you stop eating at about 3 or 4 p.m. And then you fast for the rest of the night until you wake up the following morning. So you're still doing your fasting, but you're eating when your body is most primed to eat and make your energy. Um, and so what you'll find is you're going to flow with your metabolism. You're going to fix your metabolism. And you won't be tired uh, if you eat according to this principle. I call it like reverse intermittent fasting. Um, so the problem if you eat later in the day is this. Um, again, remember that we detox at night. So here, let me just finish the clock here. So from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. So 1900 to 2100 pericardium is active here. The Pericardium in traditional Chinese medicine is not the pericardium that we necessarily understand in our regular mainstream model. In our regular mainstream model, the pericardium is aligning around the heart. The pericardium does protect the heart in traditional Chinese medicine, but um, they are talking about much more than just the physical structure of the heart. The heart houses the mind in traditional Chinese medicine. So it kind of houses the spirit. So it's almost like a, almost like a spiritual protection system. Um, so here we're kind of starting to wind down, right? So protection is, is optimized here. Um, light reading, sex, and self-love is uh, what this time of day is for. And so from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., the sun is going down, right? Um, and so we should be, again, settling in. So things that are, so we're kind of doing one of these and settling down. As the sun sets, we set. Um, so th this is uh, the whole circadian clock here. If you are doing regular intermittent fasting and you're starting to eat at two or three in the afternoon, this is what happens. You uh, bog your system down because you didn't eat when the gastrointestinal systems, your digestive system was most active earlier in the day. So if you miss that window, 
Um, now it's suboptimally digesting your food, you're suboptimally absorbing your food, and that's going to promote inflammation. And remember that you detox at night when you go to bed, all your detox organs are, are uh, active, you know, here from 2100 all the way to 7am. So if you have eaten a very heavy dinner, or you, you pile those 2000 calories or 1500 calories in starting at 2pm or 3pm, you've now bogged the detoxification system down. And so when you go to sleep, you're not detoxing as optimally either. So you're, you're, you're kind of really going completely against the physiology of the body or the rhythm of the body with you know this, the intermittent fasting as we're currently doing it. But if you simply flip it on its head, uh, now you're actually flowing with it as opposed to against it, you know, and, and we wear ourselves out when we flow against ourselves. Um, and so it's really important. Again, a lot of people will say, I'm not hungry in the morning. So I'm listening to my body. Again, not being hungry in the morning is not normal. It's actually a sign that your metabolism is weakened or even broken. Um, it's not normal. You should be fairly hungry when you wake up if your metabolism is, is normal. Um, I'll tell people, force feed yourself. You know, Even if it's just a protein shake, something quick, two boiled eggs, anything that is healthy that you can just ingest, even if it's really light between 7 and 9 a.m., is going to help boost your metabolism. And then people will say, yeah, but then I get really hungry, right? Yes, because now your body doesn't think it's starving anymore and it's asking for food, right? So you lose your appetite in the morning because your body thinks it's starving. Uh, because as the vital energy is flowing through the stomach, there's nothing there for it to digest. So it thinks you're starving. Even if you eat later, because the systems are active in the morning, in early afternoon, they're not as active at night. And so when you wake up and you're not eating, you tell your body there's no food. When you tell your body there's no food, it starts to shut down uh, non-essential functions, which means you're gonna burn fewer calories. So you're not gonna be as hungry. Once you feed it in the morning, it's going to think, oh, there's food. Let me ask for more because it's in a deficit stage. So um, I hope I explained that well, but let me see if we can tackle some Commercial or questions rather. Um, question, does blue filter on my phone actually help me to avoid not making serotonin? Um, it helps, but the problem is you, you still have the overhead lights coming in. Um, so I tell people to get uh, blue light blocker glasses. That's the best way you can filter out everything. Um, yeah, it's helpful uh, if you have it on your phone, but you're still getting it from the artificial light in the house. And so I tell people the best thing is as the sun goes down, you put your blue light blocker glasses on so that you can mimic uh, the natural rhythm as much as possible. But yeah, it'll help to some extent. But if you're getting artificial light elsewhere, um, it's not going to be as useful. Um, question, love this information. How do I implement this yet still live in my modern electrified world? Yeah, blue light blocker glasses. That's the easiest thing to do. You can get a pair anywhere they sell glasses. Uh, so most optometrists uh, will sell blue, blue light blocker glasses. If you already wear glasses, you can get the clip-ons. Um, that's, the, that's the easiest way that I have found to block out uh, blue light from, from uh, screwing up your Chinese circadian clock. Uh, statement last week, your talk on intermittent fasting changed my world. Ah, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Absolutely. Um, I just think this stuff is so important. You know, 
we get so bogged down with wanting to fix things that we don't realize that if we just go with our the body's actual rhythm, it will fix itself. Um, you know, and and we keep trying to come up with these hacks and quick fixes and the truth is we just have to follow the rhythm of the body. Um, and again, I, I talked about this a little bit. It's not that you listen to your body because if your body is broken, um, it will not send out signals in a way that you will interpret them properly. <clears throat> so a lot of people think, well, I'm not hungry. I'm just not going to eat, right? That's not the signal your body's actually sending. The signal your body's sending is I'm starving. I'm going to shut down. Uh, and so you're not hungry because I'm not burning any calories. Uh, and and when you don't burn calories, that means you're not performing body functions. So people will have thinning hair, dry skin, aches, pains. Um, you know, they will get brittle bones. They will lose muscle mass um, because your body has shut down a lot of that function that would keep those things operating normally, if that makes uh, sense. Oh, stop screen share so we can see your face. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, let's see. Let me get back to statement. Took to heart your suggestion for adding warm spices to my diet. I'm feeling so much better. Bless you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Yeah. So you probably are a cold dynamic metabolic type. Um, and so, yeah, uh, opposites attract, right? So if you're too cold, warm yourself up. If you're too hot, cool yourself down. If you are deficient, restore yourself, right? If you are excessive, then drain yourself. So intermittent fasting, even reversed intermittent fasting is really only good for people who have an excess dynamic metabolic type. If you have a deficient dynamic metabolic type, you probably don't want to fully fast at all even if it's the reversed intermittent fasting we just talked about. Um, you have to feed the body if you're deficient. Um, and most people will think that's counterintuitive. Well, if I'm not burning calories, why would I want to eat more calories? You won't start burning more calories until you give your body calories to burn, right? It, it's, uh, you got to pay to play. <laughs> um, so if you don't eat enough calories, your body, your body will always stay, stay a step ahead of you if it can so it will shut down more functions than it has to in anticipation that you're not going to eat. And so if you just start to feed it a little bit at a time, so this is why I recommend small frequent meals for people who have a deficient dynamic metabolic type, because you're going to coax your body to start turning on more functions as it starts to see that you're feeding it more consistently, especially in the morning. Um, and so you have to kind of coax your body to come back online, right? Um, by feeding it, not a lot, a little. So maybe it's only 200 calories a meal, 300 calories a meal, um, but it's five frequent meals in the day or five small meals in the day um, until you coax it. So once it starts to be convinced that there's food, right? And it's not starving, it will start to turn those functions back on that it shut down. And so what you'll see is you'll start burning more calories because you'll be more hungry. Um, and so uh, an increased appetite, if you had a low appetite, is actually a good sign. You just don't want to overeat in response to that. You want to kind of stay a little disciplined where you're just really eating small, frequent meals throughout the day. Um, so you don't want to listen to your body per se, but you want to understand how it's supposed to work and follow and flow with how it's supposed to work, um, not necessarily what it's telling you in the moment. Um, 
Oh, Rachel wants to do a commercial now. All right, so we'll go to commercial. We'll come back and then we'll wrap up. You're listening to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm Dr. Milan Riobi. We'll be right back. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milin the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit RIOBEintegrativemedicine.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic, forward-thinking show. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of Plumpy Nut and other nutrient-rich, peanut-based, ready-to-use foods, Edesia has already delivered life and hope to nearly one million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edesia's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediciaglobal.org. What if dreams can diagnose your life? What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Cannabis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research, and interpret dreams from you, the caller. Dreaming Healing shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Come live your dreams out loud with Kat. Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 radio network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at DreamVision7Radio.com. This is DreamVision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awakened Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe, and today we're talking about the Chinese circadian clock, TikTok. Is your clock set to feel great? And so, um, just going to wrap up here. I think we got through all our questions. Um, so part two of one of our questions was, let's see here, something about watching the news. Let me find it. Here we go. Can I still watch the evening news, maybe lower my living room lights? Um, so the screen, the television screen itself emits blue light as well. So anything that emits a light at you is emitting blue light uh, to some extent. 
and so the, the again, the blue light blocker glasses, you can kind of pretty much shut whatever out. So you can look at TV, the overhead lights shouldn't bother you as much. You can use your computer, your, your phone, et cetera, and uh, take out much of that blue light that would prevent you from making melatonin. Um, so blue light also keeps you from sleeping, right? Because it keeps your cortisol active and it prevents your melatonin from being made. Uh, and so melatonin is kind of what makes us go to sleep and wind down. Uh, and so people say, well, can I just take melatonin as a supplement? Uh, you can, but again, you know, there's only so much supplements can do to make up for the natural rhythm disturbances. Uh, and so as much as possible, getting to bed by 10, right? 10.30 at the latest, so that you can kind of catch the, the melatonin train and get your serotonin made. Um, so serotonin, again, is, is hyped up as a mood hormone, which it is, but it's so much more than that. Um, you know, the more I begin to understand uh, Chinese medicine and read modern science, um, you know, scientific studies, the more we're beginning, to, we're beginning to understand that every organ system bleeds into every other organ system. Um, they are so interdependent. So the stomach isn't this isolated system that has nothing to do with any other organ, like we studied it in medical school. It isn't, there's no organ system in the body that's isolated. There's no organ system in the body that only does one thing. You know, um, they are all interrelated. And so if you break the cycle, you are impacting every other organ system in your body. Um, and so the best thing to do, honestly, is to flow with the cycle as much as possible. Uh, the more you flow with it and the less you flow against it, the less stuff you have to fix later. Um, and you just can't take a supplement for everything, right? I've learned that. Um, you know, I went from prescribing no supplements when I first started uh, studying Chinese medicine. I would only do Chinese herbs to prescribing a bunch of supplements uh, back to kind of reining in the supplements again um, and really going with whole food. Um, and really, uh, there's just no substitute for clean, whole, organic food. Um, we don't, there aren't enough supplements. There aren't enough tests to test for everything. There aren't enough supplements to cover everything. Um, there aren't enough supplements to make up for, uh, you know, what we're not doing naturally. And so, yes, you know, of course we have to live our modern lifestyles. You know, we're not going to go back to little house on the prairie. Right. Um, but we just have to be mindful. We have to be mindful that, okay, let me get blue light blockers, right? Um, and let me not be on my screen too late because I gotta, gotta go to bed around 1030-ish, right? Now, does that mean you can't go out and party periodically? No, of course not. But you just wanna make sure that you're in the habit of being more in rhythm than out of rhythm. Um, and a lot of the diseases and the burnouts that we experience is we're, we're you know, eroding ourselves fighting an uphill battle against our bodies. Um, and if we flow with the body more, we'll be coasting instead of hiking, you know, uphill all the time. Hiking's fun, but after a while it gets old, right? And, and it wears you out. Um, and if, if you continue to allow your body to be eroded in that way, it'll fall apart, right? And we see that everywhere we look, there's nothing but disease, right? Disease is the new norm. Um, and it should not be. Disease should actually be quite rare. Uh, 
Uh, and I believe if we go back into rhythm with our bodies and flow with our bodies and flow with the, you know, the earth as much as possible, again, while still adapting our modern lifestyles, um, I think we will be uh, much, much better off. So I think that's all the time we have for today's show. Uh, sorry about the uh, technical issues. And again, happy 2023 to everyone. And until next time, many blessings. Join us next time on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD, to learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness. Awakened Wellness airs every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern of each month. Meanwhile, you can join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Awakened Wellness and let us know what you'd like to discuss on future episodes. Dr. Milin is the medical director of the Rio Bay Institute of Integrative Medicine in Jupiter, Florida. For more information, visit riobayintegrativemedicine.com. This show is part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.